No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see where Aaron was required to continually tend a lamp in the sanctuary. It's just such a beautiful picture of how Christ tends his church. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 24 on Simply the Bible. We continue today in Leviticus chapter 24, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light, to make the lamps burn continually, outside the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of meeting. Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning before the Lord continually. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. He shall be in charge of the lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually. In the holy place of the tabernacle stood the seven-lamped menorah. It was the only source of light in the sanctuary. It was never to be extinguished. Likewise, before the throne of God in heaven are seven lamps, which are the seven spirits of God or the sevenfold Holy Spirit. God's light is to be ever shining. It is never extinguished. To keep the lamps burning in the sanctuary required a constant supply of oil. This was provided by the congregation. The oil was obtained from fresh, ripe olives beaten in a mortar rather than crushed in a press. It was a finer quality oil and would burn with a bright, clean flame, producing little smoke. Even today, the oil from lightly pressed olives is of higher quality than that produced from heavily pressed olives. This was holy oil for a holy God because he deserves the best. It was Aaron's job to continually tend the lampstand, adding the oil and trimming the wicks. This pictures our high priest, Jesus Christ. In Revelation 1, we see that he is in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, which are the seven churches. He tends us, supplying the oil of the Holy Spirit so that we may shine brightly and continuously. The Lord wants our light to shine. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told his disciples, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This world is dark, and Jesus wants his church to shine brightly and continuously and to penetrate the darkness. We can only do that if we are being filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit by meditating on the Word and spending time in prayer. Then our light shines because it is simply who we are. Verse 5, And you shall take fine flour and bake twelve cakes with it. Two tenths of an ephah shall be in each cake. You shall set them in two rows, six in a row, on the pure gold table before the Lord. And you shall put pure frankincense on each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial, an offering made by fire to the Lord. 
Every Sabbath, he shall set it in order before the Lord continually, being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant. And it shall be for Aaron and his sons, and they shall eat it in a holy place. For it is most holy to him from the offerings of the Lord made by fire, by perpetual statute. These 12 loaves of bread were arranged in two stacks of six. They represented the 12 tribes of Israel that were continually before the Lord. Later in their history, when the kingdom was divided, 12 fresh loaves were still placed before the Lord each Sabbath, showing that in his eyes, they were still one nation under God. This was the bread of the presence, showing also that God desired to have fellowship with his people. The congregation provided the fine flour. This was the fruit of their labor in planting, harvesting, and milling. It was a way that their labor had spiritual value. When we give a portion of our substance to the Lord for his work, then it gives eternal value to whatever it is that we do. On top of each stack of six loaves was placed pure frankincense. This was an offering made by fire to the Lord. It came up before him as a sweet-smelling fragrance. And so does our labor as we offer it to God according to his will. When they replaced the loaves each Sabbath, then the old loaves would be food for Aaron and his sons, holy food to be eaten in a holy place. Verse 10. Now the son of an Israelite woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel, and this Israelite woman's son and a man of Israel fought each other in the camp. And the Israelite woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. And so they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shalometh, the daughter of Dibri, of the tribe of Dan. Then they put him in custody, that the mind of the Lord might be shown to him. Now this seems like an odd placement for this story, and yet it follows in revealing the holiness of God. Holy oil, holy bread, and God's holy name. We see that this young man came from a mixed marriage. An Israelite woman had married an Egyptian man while they were still living in Egypt. The father was now absent. Presumably, he either remained in Egypt or else he died. The Bible warns us against being unequally yoked. It has nothing to do with national origin, but everything to do with our citizenship. We are either citizens of heaven or citizens of this world. We either believe in Yahweh as the only true God or else we don't. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? When a child is born to a believer and an unbeliever, then whose faith does he or she follow? Statistically, children tend to follow the example of their fathers. If the father has faith, then the children will have faith. If the father has no regard for spiritual things, then neither will his children. This young man had two strikes against him. His father was an unbeliever and he was absent. When he got into a fight with a Hebrew, he lost his temper and cursed the name of Yahweh. 
Whatever is in the heart will eventually come out of the mouth. They arrested him until it could be determined what to do with him. The difficulty was that he was half Egyptian. Would he be held to the same standard as the Israelites? They did the right thing in seeking the mind of the Lord. When facing a difficult problem, I have never regretted seeking the Lord and waiting on him for the best course of action. On the other hand, I have regretted times when I've gone ahead and made my own decision. Verse 13, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take outside the camp him who has cursed. Then let all who heard him lay their hands on his head, and let all the congregation stone him. Then you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, Whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. And whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him, the stranger as well as him who is born in the land. When he blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. Now this seems harsh to us, but we don't see things as God sees them. God was establishing the holiness of his name for all people for all generations. The reverence of the name applies to all three persons of the Godhead. Concerning the Son, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2.9, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Concerning the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that all sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Our problem is that in our culture, we take the blasphemy of the name of God far too lightly. But the Jews have such high regard for the name of God that they won't even pronounce the name of Yahweh. Instead, they substitute the word Lord or simply say the name. Blasphemy of the name was a capital offense. Everyone who heard the young man curse was to lay their hands on his head and all the congregation was to stone him. This same law applied to the foreigner and the Israelite. Today, God is no longer executing people who blaspheme his name, at least not immediately. If he did, then much of Hollywood would be wiped out. But we should all purpose in our own hearts that we will never misuse or blaspheme the name of God. Instead, we should always revere it as holy. The Lord took advantage of this opportunity to remind the people of several crimes and their punishments. Verse 17. Whoever kills any man shall surely be put to death. This went back to the covenant God made with Noah. Whoever kills an animal shall make it good, animal for animal. God respects a person's private property, including his livestock. If a man causes disfigurement of his neighbor, as he has done, so shall it be done to him, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he has caused disfigurement of a man, so shall it be done to him. Again, in our current judicial system, this seems harsh. But keep in mind that they didn't have a police force or prisons. 
If a person killed someone in your family, then as the avenger of blood, you were to carry out justice. If someone hurts you, then the tendency would be to make him suffer even more. If you knock out my tooth, I'll knock out two of yours. God gave these statutes to the judges to justly mete out punishment in accordance to the crimes committed. Verse 21, And whoever kills an animal shall restore it, but whoever kills a man shall be put to death. You shall have the same law for the stranger and for one from your own country, for I am the Lord your God. Then Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and they took outside the camp him who had cursed and stoned him with stones. So the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. We must always remember that we worship a holy God. He was honored in his sanctuary with the holy oil and the holy bread provided by his people. And his holy name must be honored by all. May we all fear the Lord knowing that this is the beginning of wisdom. Or as my pastor used to say, we don't even start to get smart until we fear God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. They'd really love to hear from you. You can also text them at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Tomorrow we'll see where God ordained that every seventh year would be a Sabbath rest for both the land and the people, and every 50th year would be a jubilee where all debts were canceled. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of Leviticus on Simply the Bible.